0: Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurélien, I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. Today we will be discussing tenant turnover. So it can be a good thing if uh, you're in a market and the rents have really increased and you want to bring them to market so you you can do some renovations and bring the rents to market. But it's also a costly event in, uh, in, the, in the life of um, a portfolio. So we will be shedding some light on the different aspects of uh, turn, tenant turnover. And uh, why don't you, Darcy, get us started?
1: Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, Good morning, Darcy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just composing my thoughts because we had several thoughts on this in this direction. I have uh, both commercial and residential tenants. Uh, so the turnovers look very different. In, in those different contexts. Um, generally with commercial tenants, the turnover is gonna be well advertised, it's well coordinated, you're generally working with pros. And, and it's defined by the contract that you have in front of you. Uh, the expectations are fairly standard. Um, they're gonna, you know, it's the, the wording out here in British Columbia is broom clean. They don't have to steam clean carpets. They don't have to polish windows. They probably don't even have to replace lenses and light bulbs, but broom clean is the, is the term. So just get your stuff out of there. And please don't leave a giant pile of garbage for my next tenant. And there's probably three to six months between tenancies. So you got time for your contractors to go in and negotiate with the next commercial tenant and what it's going to look like for the tenancy improvements. And it's a, it's a slower, but a more certain process. And that turnover, you know, mostly, and I'm going to say this at the beginning, at the end, get, you get the keys. You want the keys. You want control of the suite, so vacant possession of the suite with the keys, whether it's commercial or residential. Top thing is you don't own a suite unless you have control of it and you want the keys. So even on a commercial tenancy, say, for instance, when CIBC moved out of northern BC, um, in the end, I wanted the keys and I also wanted the code to the two giant safes that they left behind. Because without the codes to those safes, I don't control those suites. I don't control those areas.
2: Wait, wait, the the tenant did, or I guess the previous owner did, right? Like they left them in like the basement or something.
1: No, the, they, this was a bank. So they left behind two giant vaults. They're poured concrete vaults. They're 16 inches of concrete reinforced with mesh and rebar and a giant stainless steel door that weighs about 4,000 pounds. I got one of those too. Yeah. What do you do with that? I have two of those spaces. And then one, I leased it to a college and they're just using it for dry record storage and they uh, and they just dis- disabled a door and the second one is a pharmacy and he's using it as an audiology lab so we've uh, put sound barriers in it and deadened it so that he can have hearing tests for seniors in there and for working people
2: when i um, grew up we had one of those in our house no um, way it was like used to be a bank and uh, i was one of the things that like, terrified my parents because it's airtight eh when you close oh, it that is.
1: yeah <laughs> now you can get out from the inside yeah. If you know how, and there's a, you know, it's made fail safe. But if you lock it from the outside, you have to get a hold of a lock and safe company and you may have to get someone up there. I mean, that's just down a rabbit trail, but these are the things you can run into. So you have to have can physically, uh, you have to have control of the space. With residential tenants, uh, that's a bit different. And my one caution there when you're turning over residential tenants, we um, almost have never, I'm going to say never, but maybe I'll allow for one occasion. We've bought a functioning, well-managed building. I don't think we ever have. And on turnover, you get a crappy pile of keys in a Tupperware box, if you get that from the other lawyers, or their property manager drops them by at 9 o'clock at night, six hours after closing, and hands you a bunch of unmarked keys and a file box of crap. There's no leases. They said they had leases, but there's none. And the worst thing is there's no move-in condition reports. So this is, you know, to my... Um, you know, people listening out there, people want to be in the residential uh, Tennessee area. Um, The way you begin is how you're going to end. And when you take over a badly managed building, which is generally the ones that are for sale, because well-managed buildings don't get sold because they're well-managed. You're taking over a mess. That means your paperwork is going to be a mess. And those sweet move-in condition reports that describe what it was like before they moved in And what it's like when they move out are key. And we almost never get them. So we're re-inspecting and starting from not zero. And that's most of the big tenant frustrations we have. We take over a suite. They say, oh, no, all the doors were missing when we moved in. Really? You would move into an apartment with all the closet doors missing and with holes punched in the drywall. Yeah, yeah, yes, we did. (laughs) You know, we get that safe straight up. Yeah, no, the the, uh, hood range uh, was broken when we moved in. That's the way it was. Well, no. So at that point, you have to draw a line and start saying, this is what the suite looks like now. Any, di- any additional damage are here, you're going to sign for. And we're just going to, or you just live with the damage. When they move out, then you fix the suite and do a good, clean move in condition report. But that's the biggest frustration taking over those suites with, from residential tenants. Um, you know, it's just the cost of business that uh, they have an awful lot of protections in the acts, whether you're in Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, or Ontario. Um, and it's hard to enforce. You can't get a monetary order against someone for like 300 bucks. It's going to cost you 700 in court to get it. Or if it's even for $2,000 of damage, how much time is it going to get you or you spend to go to court to get a monetary order against someone? And then how do you enforce it and collect it? They're not your tenant anymore. Then you're going to have to to get a court order for collections. You're going to have to send it out to a bailiff who's going to take 50% of it. In many cases, we just walk away from them. I just want vacant possession of the suite. So I want the keys and I want them out. And I want clear instructions on what's in there. And I want to muck it out and get it gone. So tenant turnovers, I mean, Aurelien put it in the framework. Where it's a chance to leverage up to re, you know, replace and renew the suite and reset your pricing. But it also comes with some significant struggles to um, take over the suite. And the, you know, I'm in the middle of an eviction right now, which is not very often. I think I've done in 22 years, maybe six or eight of these out of 500 tenants. Um, and she just walked. She left some instructions. I didn't leave the keys. We got an order of possession, a writ from the provincial court, and we're moving the bailiffs in in a couple of days. But we can't touch your stuff. There's probably fifteen thousand dollars worth of damage to the suite, and it's taken us ten months to get her out. So that tenant turnover is going to be very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. Yep. Yeah. So how you begin? Good tenant selection, good documentation is you know will improve the way you end. But in some cases. You just get a uh, uh, bad tenancy and it costs. So you have to have deep enough pockets to manage those kind of bumps in the road.
2: Yeah. And I, I think though part of it is to try to prevent as if you can uh, prevent these issues from coming because some people are just leaving because of deferred maintenance or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can uh, make it so it's not about that, that the reason they're leaving is because they want a bigger place or something else that you can't uh, do for them. Um, Then that makes a lot of sense because you like this is one of the biggest. Once you have this property stabilized, this is Mm -hmm. one of the most expensive costs you're going to have is these turnovers. Um, So one thing that I do is quarterly checks of the units to try to do it. But uh, instead of calling it like quarterly checks, we like to call them safety checks, um, so it doesn't feel as invasive that we're (laughs) looking at their stuff and what they've done, and it's just about the safety of the building, Um, and try to make repairs proactively instead of waiting until they leave and then doing like a full tenant turnover. Maybe you, during these quarterly checks, you can find some stuff and they see that you're actively doing some of these things. I haven't done this in years. I used to do on renewal, uh, add one thing, I'd uh, give them like to renew a new lease. You know, Cause I used to want them on in leases mm-hmm. instead of month to month. I used to give them some small thing. Like, um, you know, I'd give them an option. Do you want a ceiling fan or something, something small nice. like That's that, <laughs> which is actually still mine, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it improves the unit slightly. Right. Um, yeah. And so I used to offer like little things to try and keep them to sign leases, especially in the States, if you're in a, um, a contract state, because you're they're enforced to stay for the contract. Right. Um, so that I wanted to get into another contract to stay out of the month, the month thing. Um, that's <clears good. throat> that's good. And if you do need to leave these people uh, or sorry, if these people do need to leave uh, or the opposite is sometimes I've had units where people just go abandoned. And now I have a tenant turnover. They've just went missing. Um, One thing to think about is the legal part to this. Um, Now that there's no one living there and they've just left it, do you actually have control of this property legally?
1: Right? B.C. Exactly. And not Not in a lot of
2: places, not in a lot of places. So like for us, we had a tenant that just disappeared. Well, we had a place that twice the tenants just disappeared and we filed formal evictions. They went through really quick, 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 because there's no one to go against, but we wanted to, like formally take possession of the property back yeah. so that we weren't later, they weren't coming back and going, what, what happened to my house? You just took my house or anything else. Right. So we wanted to, you have to dot your eyes across your T's so that you're not in trouble before you start. Um, and then uh, my next step is we try to get a, a quote, uh, try and figure out what this tenant turnover is going to cost us. Right. Um, and depending on how much this quote is uh, it might be an insurance claim. Uh, insurance claim will slow the whole process down. But if you're talking enough money, it makes sense to do it, right? To just hold up for a second and get the money from insurance to mm-hmm. to, to get this to go. We had one for $15,000. And I thought, let's try it as an insurance claim. And it did go through. We had yeah. uh, the insurance claim did go. I'm assuming they're going to go after the tenant, right? They asked for all his information and everything. I'm guessing that's how they they kind of work. If he, if he has
1: insurance, they can subrogate that claim against his insurance. But Exactly, um... Something something you have to find them if they're in the wind. No, you're right.
2: Yeah. So anyway, that that sort of thing. Um, Our next step is we try to do these uh, renovations quickly so that we um, the the clock's ticking. As soon as Mm -hmm. that property is vacant, you're losing money every day, right? So we want that to get going. We want we want as fast as we can. Uh, We want that unit to be full again. And one of the things is. So the renovation is starting or or whatever. Um, one some sometimes we do is a coming soon. We advertise it online as coming soon for a rental or coming soon as a lease option, like a rent to own. Um, and we try to get people start to come through the property before the renovation is done. And sometimes we could show um pictures of what it looked like before because we're planning on going back to that. And we will say in the disclaimer of the thing, like it's coming soon. It's going to look like this again. Um, We're currently turning the unit over, but it will be available in another couple weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To try and get it so we're done, get the tenant moved in. (laughs) So we don't have as much vacancy. We don't want to be finished the renovation. Then we wait a week to list, and then we show it for a week or two, and then we review, and it sits there empty. Um, We just, we want in. Well, that's where... you. We're a long time, uh, long hold real estate investors. So that's where you make your money is having people in there. You're losing money and it's sitting vacant and also all those utilities and everything turn to you and they start going to you. Um, and um, what we usually do too is once they have left, we contact if we've used like a, a tenancy program that's been in there. Sometimes we use these women's uh, housing and uh, different programs, section eight in the United States. And we contact the program that used to be helping this tenant to see if they'd be interested to put a new person in the from their program in there afterwards right so soon we do that right actually out of order there, it should be like right at the top, as soon as we find out that the tenant is gone, um, which happened in the case i'm thinking of they just went missing. So we contacted, well, I actually got the rental quote first. And then it dawned on me, we should see if that women's program will put another tenant in because I they pay higher rent than the, the regular rent rate that yeah. we would put it on the market. So we're like, it'd be nice to get them in there. And we get our money from them rather than the tenant, which is kind of nice too. Um, mind you, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. I don't know if you want to go down that path, but they send checks in the mail so yeah. some we're at the mercy of usps so sometimes they show up early in the month sometimes they show up late in the month there is never with those leases there's no late penalty on those um mm-hmm. it just shows up when it shows up which is kind of a you're, you're at their mercy right but you know okay. it's coming you know it's coming sometime <laughs> uh what about you Ari
0: yeah, I often uh, have a conversation with a, a friend of mine who's a syndicator and uh, he he invests in um in a market with a rent control. So the tenant turnover is is seen for them as an opportunity um, to bring especially when you have long-term tenants bring rents to market and uh, with long-term tenants you know you're going to have a lot of uh, renovations because often you know if you have a tenant in there you won't be able to paint on a regular basis so uh, there's going to be lots of work to be done and yeah i like to um I like to uh, when when the tenants are leaving. I like to ask them, you know, what's what's next for you? Why why are you moving out? Like uh, like what shared, you know, I like to be uh, to know my units and know their strengths, their weaknesses, so that I can try to do something about them. And yeah, and just know, you know, what what's next for the, um, the tenant and uh, and often, you know, they they're moving, they're switching cities, and and then you know there is the process of screening tenants for the, the next ones. So I like to, uh, and uh, and we have an episode about that, but um, I think it's a it's a good opportunity, and it's something I have systems for my rentals, but I I still like to get involved with that and uh, be the one that screens because I, if I do a bad reference check, I prefer to be the one you know who's uh, who's to blame, and uh, and I have my systems in place for that as well, the questions I asked, and um, and I, it's a good way to connect also with fellow landlords. And uh, who knows? You know, some of them may may be looking at um, at selling, or or may become uh, contacts for for later. And um, yeah, so uh, these are my these are the thoughts I, I, I wrote down.
2: And I know, Ari, you started. You're just mentioning before this, you started doing an Airbnb, which I have an Airbnb as well. And Darcy, you have like a, a weekly rental or something like that.
1: No, no short-term stuff yet.
2: No, okay. no. I'll, what about that uh, that condo? You're just not you're not renting it out right now. That uh, no, nope. uh, it's whatever? in it. Yeah,
1: it's in a rent pool. It's in a yeah. rent pool. that's controlled by others. So I oh, just show up right. with a small bag and a bathing suit.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, like for for my Airbnb, it's a little bit different, but it's pretty obvious what you're doing for a clean a turnover. Is uh, you get your cleaning lady in, uh, you restock your supplies, um, and uh, you do the laundry and get it all ready to go, um, which is a pretty quick checklist. Um, sometimes. Um, depending on the property, you reset the locks because um, you have to change the codes between mm-hmm. tenants um, yeah, if you're yeah. doing the thing. But um, it's it's fairly straightforward as long as it's straightforward. Uh, we've had some where we had uh, large parties in the property because we have a, a large Airbnb. I think it's a five bedroom. Um, so it attracts large parties for the thing which we had to switch it we switched from airbnb to vrbo to try and go more family and we switched it from one day rentals to they have to rent it for several days to try and get rid of the parties but we still we still get the parties to the point where i think where we were planning in the new year to switch it to a long-term rental but a whole other thing but uh we actually had uh playboy uh uh rent our place as a playboy party and the cleaning lady was not impressed wow. by the thing. And the police, Ugh. the police were not impressed yeah. by the, the, what was left all they cause they all got, the police came and shut the whole thing down at three o'clock in the morning cause they were too loud and they left a disaster of a mess. All the furniture was moved outside and yeah, r- ridiculousness. But <laughs> so some of those teen, uh, turnovers can be a little bit, uh, a uh, bit of a heart attack for your property manager because um, ten you, if you're doing this right, you have another tenant lined up to come in the next day and you're expecting to do like a two-hour cleanup sheets, everything else. But guess what? You're moving furniture around, you're cleaning up all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't have to clean up. Um, <laughs> and, and so sometimes it just gets out of whack. It's a little bit more stressful for them. It's not something that I actually deal with myself. I don't know, you? have you had any i'm in trouble with your turnovers with that uh
0: so right now we're, we're i'm starting in march okay, okay. yeah yeah but, yeah
1: that kind of scares me uh i figure i'm gonna keep my vacation separate from my work i need a break from oh well and that's the thing too like everyone's yeah.
2: like why don't you do more airbnb i'm like Ugh. it's almost like it's the same thing as when you go people going why why you uh, the the when you're working in uh the d neighborhoods it's the same sort of thing it's Yes, you make really good money, but it's a lot more work. Mm. Same thing Air There and B. You make more money, but it's triple the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like lifestyle, you know, what are you looking for? Uh anyway. Well, that could be like yeah. a whole other topic to go through down. By. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the rentals?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, for Canadian, for Canadian listers in the multi-res sort of sector, I think three of the four uh, provinces I work in do have a form of rent control. Once people are in, they're in and it all for on the tenant side, all um, leases are assumed to be month to month, even though you sign a one year lease. In Alberta, it's different, but in, in BC, you might sign a one year lease. It's just notional. All tenants can end a lease in 30, 30 days with notice, with proper notice. So a turnover is a bit of a, you know, I, would, I used to think it was a, bit of a trauma because you work so hard to stage a suite and make it beautiful, and then someone turns it over really quickly. But I would say that for most of my tenants, I'd say 90, 90% of my tenants, my rents get, rent roll gets stale. Once they're in, these are really nice suites, well managed. They don't leave. Most of, and this is a sort of a dark joke, but many of my tenants, they leave to like on a coroner's gurney, they die in residence. And that, it's, um, that's, sad, but it's a sad reality. Uh, but I'm, um, you know, I can't take po- the positive from that. They chose to stay there. They wanted to stay. And it's not because they didn't have options. There's options in BC and now in, uh, in Saskatchewan yeah. and Ontario, they could move into housing, but they chose to stay. So, you know, in any particular year, we've had as few as two, but as many as six or eight that have died in residence. And we have a protocol for that. Now when people do how to deal with the estate on a turnover like that, because it's a really delicate time, you've got someone who's grieving Who is really not prepared and everyone has different preparations you know we've had people from having a manila envelope magnets on the fridge door with dnr and all these other stuff for medical interventions ready and right ready to go and a family member close by to others who died mostly without anyone around them without any sort of help and at that point you're trying to find who actually is the executor to this estate um, there's legal requirements for this, but we're not lawyers and we're not a court. Um, there's the physical problems of the utilities have to be paid and and the utilities are on the tenant. bc hydro or or Enwin will turn off the utilities if they're not paid. And that means that you've got a fridge full of bacon that's not not cold. Um, those are realities if there's if they die intestate and there's no one in charge of this. So it's a delicate conversation to find out who's in charge of this space and you know, work with them, uh, they're probably not gonna pay t- the rent again. So if someone dies on October 1st, they're probably not gonna pay November rent. And it will be wrong to ask a dead person to pay rent, especially if there's no estate, who's writing that check? Where's it coming from? If it's coming from a social service agency, as soon as you inform them that their client is dead, they stop payment, even though the client's stuff is still there. The social service agency is not going to pay November's rent once they find out the client is dead, even though all of their stuff is still in that suite. And the, the process of you know, um, making the final preparations, how do you say this, for, for that person's life are ongoing. Someone has to do this. So it's a delicate conversation to talk to family members and go, who will be in charge of this person's estate? We'd love to work with you. Uh, how can we make this easier? And that's how it would be in the, the, statement, the conversation. How can we make this easier for you? I know this is hard. What do you need from us? So, and then you get to, here's the current reality. This is what happens. On November 1st, your loved one will be required to pay rent. We don't want that to happen. They don't have a huge estate and nobody can afford to pay rent on a suite you don't want. What would you like to have happen with their stuff? How would you like to do this? Do you have sufficient storage for this? Do you have help to help you? Do you need a truck? Do you need bodies? And I will put a truck and bodies in their possessions. I'll help you with this. I'll arrange for it. But know this too in the background, storage facilities in Vancouver Island or anywhere in the country right now are in short supply. is really hard to find them. So if you're trying to move someone's stuff into storage, good luck. You might be going to communities several you know, kilometers away to get them stuff into storage or someone's garage. So that's, a, that's one of the most tricky turnovers because this is probably a great person who just had the misfortune of dying. And it's going to face all of us in our states. right? That's one of the trickiest turnovers. Um, and we, got, we have to become increasingly adept at that because when we started having tenants that stayed in stabilized buildings, and we started looking. We have a woman that just has her 99th birthday. And she's been in our building for over 30 years. I mean, that's pretty cool. She gets flowers and we love her, but her rents are about $400 below market because you can only lift it 1.2% or 2.1% is the biggest rent increase that we've had in the last 20 years. So those rents are really stale. She can stay till she wants to leave, but when she leaves, that's a full gut reno. We're going to strip it right back to the drywall and redo everything and replace that back in the market. But, um, She's earned her right to stay as long as she wants and will you know, okay. help her when she leaves.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Glenn and Darcy for your insights. And um, if you want to submit questions to the show, to us, feel free to do so, advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.